This is Talk Tantra to Me, a podcast that takes a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. I'm your host, Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse. My intention in this podcast is to normalize bodies and the things they do, like embodying spirituality, being naked, and sexy. In modern society, we are taught that sex and spirituality do not go together, when in fact, they are integral to one another. It is my mission to empower you to reclaim your sexuality by dismantling false conditionings and fear-based belief systems. When we reclaim our bodies and our eroticism, we are able to shift our perspective of ourselves and our sexuality to a place of unconditional love and curiosity. I want to express my gratitude to you for tuning in today. I truly believe that everyone who finds these words is integral to this progressive shift in our collective consciousness. I'd also like to encourage you to listen to your own divine knowing first. What is true for me and what my guests share in this podcast will not be true for everyone. So please approach the messages you hear today with curiosity and decide for yourself what resonates with your soul experience. So without further ado, let's talk Tantra. Welcome to episode 13 of Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. So today on Talk Tantra to Me, I'm going to be talking about different types of orgasms. And this episode's mainly going to be geared at people with vaginas um, in terms of the type of orgasms that I'm going to be talking about. However, um, several of these orgasms um, have their counterpart for male bodies, and some of them are also available to people of all gender as energetic orgasms, which are you know, some of the types of orgasms that I'm going to talk about, are not reliant on certain genitalia or even any erotic touch. Um, regardless, I will do my best to also offer the equivalent equivalents of each of these orgasms that do require you know, female genitalia. I'll offer the equivalent for male genitalia. And I'm also hoping to one day have a podcast with a a masculine guest going into more detail about male orgasms. And I'd also love to invite some queer or non-binary folks on to talk Tantra with me. But for now, this information is still very valuable for everyone listening because unless you have no interest, you do not have a, you know, vagina personally or you have no interest in ever, you know, copulating with anyone that doesn't have a vagina. And even then, as I said, there's some types of orgasms that we'll discuss that do not require um, any genitalia, in fact. So um, regardless, if you do not have a vagina, um, this information is still very valuable because um, this allows you to understand and to support and to love the partners that do have a vagina in the way that they deserve and deeply desire. So I'm going to be try to be as inclusive as possible to everyone, including those in the LGBT community. However, this is from my perspective and it is limited by my experience as a heterosexual cisgender woman. woman. Um, so I appreciate your understanding and I'd rather just say this outright than pretend that I understand the sexuality of anyone outside of myself because even amongst um, heterosexual cisgender women, orgasms differ vastly. And, and even for myself, from my experience, I go through days and sometimes seasons where I don't 
have certain types of orgasms, whether it's because I'm interested in other things or they just aren't showing up that way. And, and that's also okay. So even on a, on an individual basis, um, the quality or, um, frequency or intensity of, of my orgasms change, uh, very, very often. So that's okay. Tantra sex is actually not really about having the orgasm. Tantra is about being very present and letting go of any expectation or goal-oriented mentality. Um, in, in our Western society, we're very focused, patriarchal society, we're very focused on having a goal and like getting there, um, accomplishing something rather than just enjoying the process. And that's really what Tantra is all about. Um, you know, we often make sex all about this orgasm, largely because this is the only way it's been modeled to us as well, especially via porn and even in Hollywood movies. Like as soon as someone orgasms, like the show's kind of done. And it's like for a lot of people, that's only, you know, a few minutes. Um, whereas having really expansive sex can can last hours. Um, so it's really a disservice, really, because there is so much room for expanded states without even having an orgasm or before having an orgasm or in between orgasms if you are multi-orgasmic. And at this point, um, at this point in my like development sexually and like being able to understand what I know that I need um, and, and prefer and my boundaries in a sexual situation, if I energetically feel myself or my partner pressuring me to have an orgasm, um, it actually often takes me longer to get there, or I may not be able to orgasm at all. <laughs> um, if it just gets too much in my head, like a great example would be like, if a guy's going down on me and it's like been a few minutes and I'm like, Oh, like, I feel like, is he getting tired of going down on me? Like, Oh, like I haven't orgasmed yet. Like, I feel like I should orgasm soon. So he doesn't like, so he's not like waiting or, or whatever it is. Whereas when I'm able to be fully present for like the micro pleasures and really just hone in on where I'm at, I can really think about like building the erotic energy and moving it through my body so that I'm able to have like not only an orgasm, but a full body orgasm more regularly. Um, and the same goes for the energy of my partner. If I get any whiff of him like trying, and I'm saying him because I, I mean, I'm, I'm mostly you know, I'm heterosexual, so I'm, I'm mostly coupling with, with penis owners. Um, but yeah, if I get any, any whiff of him, you know, trying to get me off to like feed his ego, like, oh, I want to make you come like a bunch of times. Um, I have a hard time being present too, because I like the energy is like, I'm going to make you come, like, come now, come now. And it's, it's not about like, like being present for like whatever energy is coming up. It's like you're you're trying to make it this like goal. And like to me, like that's very unsexy. Um, but it's different for everyone. So yeah, like even if he's saying come for me, like unless I'm like about to come, like that's more than likely going to like put me off of coming <laughs> or orgasming. Um, maybe that's because I'm stubborn too, but it just makes it about a goal when I really want to be present for whatever sensations are arising in my body, whether that's an orgasm or some other deep rooted emotion or expression of my being. Uh, this reminds me a lot of this meme. You should Google it. Google Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, Wilson, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson eating ice cream. It's so funny if you guys I think most people are familiar with these two actors but they're comedians and they're hilarious but essentially 
um, they're both eating these ice cream cones and Vince Vaughn is like attacking it, like going into this. Like you can tell he's like so into the ice cream and is like, I just want to like experience the sensation of like ice cream in my mouth, you know? And then you see Owen Wilson, who's like gently, like, like, I don't don't even know if gently, like it almost, like he's like, it, like his face almost has this grimace of like, okay, like I'm going to like get this over with and just like put my tongue on this and just like really like lightly just like get into this. Um, it's that energy of him like not really wanting it. Um, and to me, it's like this idea of, I mean, the meme itself says like Vince Vaughn is like eating pussy because you love it versus Owen Wilson eating pussy because she asked you to. And I think it's just hilarious, but it goes down to like, what's the energy behind the intention? And, and you don't have, I'm not saying you have to go down on, on someone. Like if you really aren't interested in doing that sexual activity, it's fine. I just mean this energetically as like any type of experience that we're having sexually. Like it's all about your intention and the energy that you're putting into it. And if you're pressuring a certain goal or outcome, it really takes away from the like adventure of experiencing someone's body. Um, and them being able to fully surrender to that as well. So bottom line, um, I know as a woman, I'm speaking for myself, but I think that this is true for a lot of, a lot of people in general. Um, you can tell if like someone is being really present and enjoying your body or your pussy and giving uncondition unconditionally. So I think like the lesson here is go slow build up the sensations and the energy, tease each other, explore each other's bodies with curiosity. You know, everyone has different tastes. And so it's important, especially when you're, when you're coupling with someone for the first time to really take the time to like explore and get to know, like, don't just go for the one thing that you think works for like every person you've ever hooked up with. Like really take the time to get to know like what makes their body special and like what really gets them going. And I mean, this, this even relates to long-term partners as well, because we're, we're different people in our, and our sensitivities and preferences change a lot, especially I know for, for women and people who menstruate. Um, I know like depending on what part of my cycle I'm in, the type of intimacy that I'd like to have ranges very vastly. Um, so get to know where your partner's at by being fully present for them. And this is really how full body and and cosmic orgasms unfold. So, um, just be super present to enjoy like all of the touch and the taste and the smells and the sounds and the sights, and even like sharing it with your partner. Like you taste like peaches or you smell like vanilla and, oh, I love the way like your pussy makes that sound when like I'm inside of you or whatever it is. Um, it's really powerful. So, um, and I think for men as well, it may be more straightforward and on as to how to get, you know, penis owners to ejaculate or come, but that doesn't mean it has to be like, I have my own tricks of the trade for extended and full body orgasms for, um, men and people with penises. But this also is why I intend to have, you know, a male tantric professional on the podcast to talk about this soon so that I can get, you know, the full, the full experience from someone that has, you know, those parts. So, um, 
I want to touch into on factors that can positively or negatively affect whether or not you have an orgasm or the strength of your orgasm or the number of orgasms that you can have in a sexual experience. So something like, like I said, where you are in your cycle is going to very greatly affect, you know, like how, how, how erotic you're feeling. Um, and every woman's different or every, every menstruating person is different in regard to this. Also what's going on in your personal life. Like, um, you know, work, relationships, all of that stuff, like it, it, it can sometimes make it a little bit harder to be present, um, which means that your mind might be elsewhere. So that's also, you know, a factor, um, you know, talking about how the orgasm actually occurs in the brain is really important. I'll go, and I'll go into that in just a moment. But another thing that might affect, you know, how you're orgasming or whether you're orgasming is, you know, if your partner, if you, if you really have that compatibility there and that chemistry and also their skill or willingness to learn, like if, if you both are able to communicate your needs, desires and preferences and boundaries, that's going to affect, um, you know, the potential for, for, orgasmic um pleasure and um also edging and moving the erotic energy teasing you know there's nothing like a quickie of course but like if you have the time to really like build the energy and not give into orgasm right away like that can also affect you know how how you're orgasming so but i really want to also revisit the fact that sex or tantric sex tantric living tantric lifestyle it doesn't have to include orgasms to be amazing but the topic of this podcast is orgasms so we'll we're gonna focus on that for now but i do want to just reiterate that um you can have amazing sex and you can have an amazing life you can have an amazing spiritual um development without having these kinds of orgasms or any orgasms for that matter um and I also want to point out that you don't have to have any physical stimulation to have orgasms, which is something that I will also talk about in this in this podcast. So um, although we experience the physical effects of having an orgasm in our physical bodies, the actual process of like the orgasm firing and the chemicals are happening in your brain. Um, so like I said, we don't need any physical stimulation for it to happen. Um, and this might make sense to you if you've ever had an orgasm in your dreams or if you've ever had a sex dream you can feel like the pleasure like so clearly but like you're obviously not in that experience and that's because it's in your brain um but if not this also goes back to how it can be hard to orgasm or or stay aroused or hard if if you're stressed out or your mind is elsewhere and that's again because like the actual mechanisms are happening in your brain although you're experiencing it in your body I also want to touch in on the fact that no one type of orgasm or way of achieving orgasm is better than another. Each person will experience orgasms differently. Um, There's no like shame on like using a toy. There's no shame on only having one type of orgasm. There's there's no shame on not having orgasms either. Um, you know, I know for me personally, even one type of orgasm, such as a clitoral orgasm will change drastically for me from day to day. And I've also witnessed this, witnessed, you know, similar experiences from my initiates in my sacred intimacy one-to-one programs. So the purpose of this podcast is not to have you place any judgments on yourself or on anyone else, um, in terms of 
how you're orgasming or whether you're orgasming or how often you're orgasming or how or whatever. Um, it's really just to show you the full menu. <laughs> so you may be able to set the intention, not have the expectation, but to set the intention to call in a different type of orgasm. Um, and, uh, and also just to inform on, on how, how it can happen. Um, so I have counted 12 different types of orgasm. Can you believe that? Um, and I'm not saying also, this is not the end all be all. I'm still young and I'm hoping to discover some more down the line, but here we go. Let's start with the most common. So clitoral, again, I'm focusing on, um, you know, the female orgasm, you know, parts, genitalia, um, but I'll, I'll get into maybe the male equivalent as I go through. But, um, so the clitoral, the clitoris is a part of the vulva. It's, it's near the top of the, um, vulva where the, uh, the two inner labia meet and there's like a small hood. It's located inside the hood, but the clitoris will enlarge kind of like a penis does when it's aroused and the actual entire clitoris goes about like three to five inches inside of your body, which is pretty crazy. Um, so it's really like one of the highest concentrations of nerve endings for, you know, the female genitalia and, um, by stimulating this erogenous zone, that's, that's kind of how, you know, you, you have an orgasm from this experience. So most vagina owners experience predominantly this kind of orgasm. It's often the first type of orgasm that we experience. I know it was for me. It's also known as the maiden of orgasms. Um, and it, it can occur from direct stimulation with, you know, hand, tongue, vibrator, dry humping, etc. You can also be stimulated with the clitoris um, during sex. For me, it mostly happens when I'm on top and I have a little bit of control over the pace. Um, but you can also, you know, have stimulation depending on other position sexually and, and even just having like a gentle touch when a partner is on top or taking you from behind or any any position where you have the ability with you with you know you or your partner being able to to reach that area for men the equivalent here would probably be like the head of the penis and and having the equivalent orgasm would be like a regular ejaculatory orgasm um the next the next orgasm type number two is the g-spot uh so this is located about two to three inches inside of the vagina um it's like a small spongy area above like the front um yeah if you can like stick your fingers in about two or three inches and kind of like like kind of do like a come hither motion or like like a like a small rubbing or tapping you'll feel like this like spongy area and the G-spot's all often associated with squirting. You don't have to squirt to have a G-spot orgasm, though. I know that I've I've had G-spot orgasms that included squirting and the ones that didn't. Um, but when it's stimulated, it can it can sometimes feel like you need to pee. But um, squirting itself is not pee. I used to think that it was. <laughs> I was one of those people. Um, but it's not. It's definitely not. Uh, the first time I squirted, it was a big surprise to me. Um, I don't know if I should go into too much detail about that story. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I will. So yeah, actually a guy was, I was laying on my back and I was touching myself um, and a guy was kind of sitting on top of me and, and kind of putting his penis in my mouth and like kind of like straddling me almost like he was kind of like face fucking me. I don't really like that term, but like that's the only way that I know how to describe it. So 
it like I would I get really turned on by pleasing other people but I was also touching myself at the same time and I just remember like feeling this like like jet come out of my vagina and I was like oh my god did I just squirt and I remember his penis was in my mouth and I was so surprised like I couldn't even like say anything um yeah I wasn't expecting it at all and I think that that's kind of how how I was able to have it happen because I wasn't really focused on like making it happen whereas I have tried to make it happen and it's much more difficult. It's much more difficult. And that first time also was very pleasurable for me because I wasn't expecting it. I was really turned on. But when I've had partners or tried to stimulate it myself, like aggressively to try to get myself to squirt, um, it's actually kind of uncomfortable. Um, you know, and, and, I, and that's, that's pretty common, actually. It's sometimes even painful for people. And this is likely because we hold a lot of emotional trauma in this particular spot so it can feel like it can almost feel intrusive sometimes when people are pushing on that area especially if you're not like super duper turned on but if you're able to have a g-spot orgasm it feels like very emotional and almost like a big release like it's almost like crying and and even you know this like squirting the fluid that comes out in in tantra it's called amrita and that means nectar of the goddess. Um, and they even say that tears are are also Amrita. So it's kind of like in both of these situations with crying or with squirting, it's often like a really emotional experience that brings it on. So again, you can stimulate, you know, with like rubbing the those first two fingers in with um on the spongy the spongy area um there are certain like dildos or vibrators that are specifically like targeted at like getting the g-spot um but even like if you have uh, a partner with a penis just like shallow thrusts are nice to stimulate that area especially if you can like kind of do like an upward thrust um in tantra they recommend doing seven shallow thrusts so those would be ones that would probably hit the g-spot so doing seven shallow thrusts and then one deep thrust and then seven shallow one deep following that pattern that also helps you know the the man be able to control his ejaculation a lot better so that's a that's an amazing tool um they also say as to to offer the male counterpart of this the male genitalia counterpart of, of the G-spot orgasm, they often say the prostate is the G-spot for, for men. So kind of the anal, anal realm. The next type of orgasm that we'll go into, number three, is cervical. So the cervix, cervix is obviously like really deep in the vagina and it's quite sensitive. I know for me personally, I have to be very aroused and need quite a bit of foreplay to enjoy this stimulation um it's basically deep penetration hitting like that back wall of the vagina um and for me slower works better uh some partners can hit there and it feels good um i also often use my crystal uh crystal wand i have a crystal obsidian wand it's like a crystal dildo essentially um that feels amazing for for my cervix when i'm really turned on uh, and the sensation of having a cervical orgasm, you'll know that you've had one, first of all, if you're hitting that spot and then you have an orgasm. Um, but also the, the sensation like feels even more serious. I'm not sure how to describe it, but it's definitely 
like I don't want to say intense because clitoral orgasms are also intense, but they feel to me, clitoral orgasms feel more playful and delightful, like delightful is the word. And then G spot is like kind of emotional and like more of a release. And to me, the cervix feels more like divine and like holy like it's like and I mean holy in terms of like oneness it's like kind of like cosmic but I'm sure it's different for everyone um but I'll go into cosmic orgasms as well because that's a whole different type but uh the next orgasm is breast um you know this makes sense like stimulating the breast having like a nipple orgasm or a breast orgasm um so the the breasts are related to the heart chakra um, which is the point where women give love. They give love from their hearts. So that energy is like in, in the breasts as well. Um, so it can feel really incredible to have that area stimulated. Um, for me personally, I don't know if I've ever had like a solely breast orgasm. I've had blended orgasms where someone's stimulating my breasts and my clitoris at the same time, for example. Um, but yeah, that's another type. And I know that there are women that, that can just orgasm from breast stimulation, which is amazing. Um, the next type is anal, um, slash a spot. So obviously the back door, um, there's lots of nerve endings around the outside of our anus, uh, which can feel amazing on its own. And you could potentially orgasm just from that, but with penetration, you also have the option to indirectly hit the A spot, which is a bundle of nerve endings inside of the, the vaginal walls. Um, but you can hit them from anal penetration as well. And I also like to say this quote, um, my friends, the love gurus who will be on this podcast shortly, um, they like to say God is in the butthole. <laughs> and to me, it definitely feels like a whole new world. It really does. Like, it, it's also one that feels like a little bit more cosmic for me um you know but it's not for everyone I also recognize it took me a long time to feel like comfortable to explore this region um I'm very sensitive personally and it just takes a lot of warming up to go there but uh for this reason it's often almost it's it's often a blended orgasm so having that anal penetration with some other some other erogenous zone touching or playing and I've mentioned blended orgasms a few times. That's the next type of orgasm that I'm going to go into. Blended is exactly what it sounds like. It's it's stimulating multiple erogenous zones at once. So for example, you know, maybe someone's, you know, eating your pussy and touching your, your breasts and nipples at the same time. Um, or maybe like, you know, using their fingers to enter you and touch the G spot while they're going down on you. Um being penetrated while also having some breast stimulation things like that so it's it just basically means like the you're you're having like several spaces several erogenous zones stimulated at the same time which is expanding the or, the orgasm and, and putting you in a different space um and so this is for people of all bodies and gender identities too so you know men could also have a, a blended orgasm maybe having their perineum or their um anus touched while also you know being inside of a woman and having their um their penis <laughs> obviously uh encapsulated as well um and i also want to point out for blended 
there are lots of other spots in the vagina as well besides the clitoris and the g spot like depending on the woman i also mentioned the a spot but depending on the woman there's like bundles bundles of nerves and if you're able to like tap one of those spaces where there's like a lot of the nerves that's like a whole other option for like a different type of orgasm for you but often like you get you get like kind of the blended orgasm by touching several of these spots at once while you're being penetrated which is really cool um let's see what else oh and on that note you can do an activity called vaginal mapping which is basically where like you take a lot of time to really like explore your vagina like inside and out to figure out like okay where are those spots and like it can be helpful to like have a partner to help you with this but um you can also do it on your own with like a wand or something um okay and then to do multiple multiple orgasms so this is kind of showing up as a whole other type of orgasmic profile basically you're able to have several orgasmic waves or experiences and again this is something that people of all bodies and gender identities can achieve um, potentially so it's not for everyone um i know for me it's not always available i am i would i would consider myself multi-orgasmic but it's sometimes i don't sometimes i don't want to orgasm at all sometimes i just want to like focus on moving the energy through my body and like i'm i'm more than happy but other times um i am able to 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 orgasm multiple times and like that's really fun too but they're just kind of different experiences so and these are also available for like if if you're a man that's interested in having multiple orgasms i highly recommend the book called um i think it's called the multi-orgasmic man yeah the multi-orgasmic man it's a great book um highly recommend and for women i forgot to mention this as well you can read the women's anatomy of arousal to kind of figure out where all of your pleasure points are and also potentially build on having multiple orgasms uh the next type of orgasm is full body orgasms so these are when basically you move the energy and grow and 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 spread the orgasmic energy through your body which i've talked about in other episodes but basically it's kind of like using your breath to consciously like move the energy from your root your root and sacral chakra which are where your sex your sexual um your sexual centers are and breathing them up into your heart and up through your crown chakra um you don't have you don't have your body almost like naturally does this um but if you have the intention to do that as well like it's even more powerful which is amazing um I also noticed that this works best when you are teasing or edging and basically that means that like you'll get you or your partner or to, as, a, as a couple or separately, if you're self-pleasuring, you'll get yourself really, really close to orgasming, but you won't let yourself. You'll stop, take a break, take a breath, maybe take part in some other activity. Like maybe you were receiving, maybe you're giving for a little bit and then you go back again and like you get really close again to orgasming and then you stop and then you start again and then you stop and then you start again. And eventually it's just like you can feel like your whole body is like buzzing and wanting to orgasm. And then when you finally give in, like instead of just feeling it like very centralized in your clitoris, you'll feel it like all over, um, all over your body. And I'll even give like an example from my personal life um, to kind of explain the difference. So I had this lover and he was really a sweet and nice guy and he really knew what he was doing. 
um, as far as like getting women off. Like I was like really impressed by like how fast he was able to make me come from eating me out. But it was almost disappointing because it was so fast and he like was so relentless that it was like, I didn't even have time to be like, hey, wait, hold on. Like I'm not ready. Like I don't want to come yet because I want to focus on building this energy. Um, And I ended up telling him that I was like, can we just like slow down? And he lost interest, (laughs) which is a bummer for him because he could have really learned something cool there. But whatever, it's not for everyone. And I still think quickies are so fun. Um, and you can even still have full body orgasms during a quickie if you're if you're already in like a very aroused state. Like for me, if I'm ovulating, I'm already like buzzing. The energy is already running through me so intensely that it's so easy for me to have a full body orgasm. But again, this is, um, you know, men can have these type of orgasms as well. This goes back to, uh, again, just being able to circulate the energy. Going back to that book, The Multi-Orgasmic Man will really help kind of explain how this works. Um, so yeah. And then the next type of orgasm is a cosmic orgasm. So to me, this kind of orgasm feels really expansive. And I notice the sensation in my crown chakra. Um, it almost feels like out of body, like you're losing touch with reality, like disappearing into like ether for a moment. Um, and I think that what's happening when when you're having a cosmic orgasm is basically you're moving the energy up to your crown chakra and moving it out into the cosmos via your connection to the divine, which is in your crown chakra. If you're kind of confused about me explaining all these chakras, uh, I go into more detail about this in, I think episode six is all about the chakras. So if you're interested in that, definitely look at... Um, look at take a take a listen to that episode to to understand more about what I'm talking about when I'm saying moving the energy up through your chakra system. So the cosmic orgasm essentially like the first time I had one I had I had heard that cosmic orgasms were a thing and I was like that would be cool to have one day but I wasn't like expecting it to happen and then one time I I was having sex with this guy that I had been dating for a few weeks and we had a really special connection and like when I orgasm, I just like felt like there was almost like an orbit or like like a like a literal crown even like or like a halo just like around my head and it was like it it almost made me like super dizzy. Um and I've had them a couple other times since then, both with self-pleasure and um with partners. And it's just one of those things that like you could be having these already. And now that you understand like what it feels like, you could be like, oh, like I think that that was a cosmic orgasm. Or you could just set the intention to like have that experience. But it definitely helps if you're thinking about moving the energy up to your crown chakra, because it's definitely something that I do like pretty much every time I'm um, self-pleasuring or having sex. I guess not every time. Sometimes I really just lose myself in the experience because I also know that the energy again will naturally move that way if you're if you're consistently practicing like this kind of work via meditation, um yoga, just living a tantric lifestyle especially. So and the cosmic orgasm is avail- available for all bodies and gender identities. I've known other women I've talked to have had them um and and I, I think that it's again one of those things that like once you're aware that that's an option, then it kind of happens for you. Um, so the next type of orgasm is going to be energetic. So this is the first non-stimulation orgasm that I'm going to talk about. 
So energetic orgasms can look like many different things and they can happen in different settings. So I've had them, the first um, non-stimulation orgasm that I had was actually in my dreams. And I think that this is probably the most common way that people have an energetic orgasm so essentially it's basically like maybe you're having a sex dream maybe you're not having a sex dream but essentially you go into an orgasmic state and it you feel it in your body literally like for me like whenever I have one of my dreams it wakes me up because I feel it in my body however I'm obviously asleep like I'm not having any stimulation happening it's happening in my brain and this again goes back to the idea that like orgasms are happening in your brain but your body is experiencing them which is super cool so you could even say that all orgasms are energetic however i'm talking about specifically like non-stimulation orgasms um another way that i've had these the second the second type the second time that i had an energetic orgasm or the second type of energetic orgasm i had was during deep meditation so i was almost like in like a nap space but it was just like a very deep meditation and it was like my full body was like vibrating um other other times that i've had them is is breath work um actually i'll go into yoga first because yoga was the one that happened next so yoga was the first time that i was conscious when i had an energetic orgasm and essentially what happened was i was in a bikram yoga yoga class and the instructor um came up and put his hand like on my lower back which is you know like the back side of the the sacral chakra and he so he put his hand on my back for like a couple of seconds, which isn't common in a Bikram class um, because you're all sweaty, right? It's like a hot yoga class. Uh, and on top of that, this class is very popular because the instructor is very good. So he he puts his hand on my lower back and there's like 50 people in the class. So I was like, that's interesting. And then he says, okay, we're going to move into the frog pose, which is one that really clears your sacral chakra and your sacral chakra. Again, if you haven't listened to episode six, it's all about chakras. I highly recommend you do, but the sacral chakra is all, it, it rules your sexual energy and your creative energy, um, your eros, your life force. So we move into that pose in like within like 10 seconds I was like trying to contain myself from like crying out in class from having this orgasm it was incredible um since then other times I've had them um from breath work so uh if you listen to I think it's episode seven let me just double check no, actually, it's episode eight. So episode eight is the Eros Awakening Chakra Meditation and Pelvic Floor Exercise. Um, so that that episode is going to walk you through the exact kind of breathwork meditation Kegel exercise that I do um, to have, you know, energetic orgasms. And it's not something that like I don't do the orgasm and think, okay, today I'm going to like do this this breath work and then I'm going to have an orgasm. No, that's not how it happens. I do it more as like a part of my practice, like to, to connect with my spirituality and my body and to, to build my erotic energy. However, I don't expect an orgasm to happen. However, several times, like at the end of the meditation or during the meditation, I've just spontaneously gone into an energetic orgasm. Other times it's happened like afterwards, like I'll do the meditation, the breath work, the Kegel exercises, I'll get up, um I'll go to like the park or something and like I remember one time specifically I did the meditation then I walked to the park with my dog my dog was off leash there was this little stream and I was like feeling very called to put my feet in this stream which isn't something that I would normally do and so I took off my shoes and as soon as my feet touched this water I went into an, uh, into an, into <laughs> I went into an energetic orgasm 
can't even get it out because it was such a crazy experience. But yeah, it was in like, I lost touch, you know, kind of like how you do when you're, you're in that orgasmic state, you're just like kind of like losing touch for a second. And I was like, Ooh, like in that space. And then I came back to, and I was like, fuck, where's my dog? (laughs) Um, so those ones are really fun. Um, yeah. And, and I've, I know that there's men that also have these type of orgasms, so I think that they're really, I know women as well, obviously. So they're, this is also available for people of all bodies and gender identities. And the last type of orgasm is the most recent orgasm that I've discovered. And I call it the heartgasm. So it's similar to an energetic orgasm or even a cosmic orgasm. But instead of the energy for an energetic orgasm, it's kind of like in your body, like a little bit looser, more loose, I guess is the proper term. But anyways. Um, for heartgasm, the energy is in your heart and like you feel like your heart is like vibrating open. It's like the energy, the, all of like the arrows, the Kundalini stays in the, the heart chakra and builds and builds and builds and then almost like explodes. It's like this like beautiful, like confetti falling moment. Um, so the first time I had this type of orgasm, I was actually on uh, a small, um, psilocybin psychedelic journey um and it was incredible it like brought me to tears um essentially my body just went into this like kind of like spastic space where it was almost doing like the breath work as I had described um other times it's happened since then uh once after I was doing ecstatic dance I sat down and I just like immediately like went into that space um it's also happened to me after yoga so the heartgasm is really fun. I really, I really appreciate that one. And, and to me, that just shows me that like I'm in that space where I'm really expanding and opening my heart chakra in a way that I haven't before. So um, I, I haven't really talked to anyone else that I know that's had this exact experience, um, but I have read about it, I think. I, to me, when it happened, I was like, oh, it's a heartgasm. And I couldn't quite remember where I read that word or, or, or what, but um, yeah, it's an option though. And it's a cool option too. So those are the 12 types of orgasms that I have for you today. When more become available for me, (laughs) I will definitely keep you informed. However, I just want to touch in again that, you know, orgasms are really like almost an expanded form of consciousness. And it's one of those things that like you can't really force or figure out or even anticipate. However, doing the groundwork, like doing your practices, Um, are things that are going to help you become a master at loving yourself and being able to live in the now, to live in the present so that you're able to welcome those experiences instead of being attached to an outcome or a goal. So kind of the idea is like the more you want to have these states, like you're going to be pushing it away because then you're going to be trying to force it to happen and that makes it even less possible. So you kind of just have to just surrender to the experience. I would say like you can set the intention to have these type of types of orgasms and then then you'll probably start to be attracted to the types of energy work that will that will clear your channel so that you're able to have them. So it, for me you know, until I started working with Tantra and living a more conscious, spiritual, connected life, living in the present, I really probably only experienced clitoral orgasms. Um, And then I think when I first started my journey with Tantra and sacred sexuality, I started to, which was like seven years ago, 
I think like that's when I first started to have, you know, like full body and, and, um, cosmic orgasms and then came the G spot orgasm and then the cervical orgasm. And they started to just come kind of like one at a time or like, you know, as, as I fell deeper into my practice and trusted myself and trusted my body more, I was able to have, you know, more expanded states. So what I'm trying to say is like, you can't just like go into like, like this, this like having these types of expanded states without doing the inner work so same thing with doing things like plant medicine like people will like say like oh i'm gonna go do ayahuasca and it's gonna like make me have an ego death and then i'm gonna be all better it's not how it works like you have to integrate like you have to be doing like you know your meditation and you have to be eating a healthy diet and like you have to be moving your body and like taking care of yourself and being open-minded and 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 learning about different ways of living and that's how you open yourself up to to different states of mind, including orgasmic states. So I am also available to support you in that journey if you'd like. I, for me personally, I've hired several professionals over the years, um, both you know, like therapeutically for tantric healing, for body work, um, and and these are some of the things that I offer as well. And I would be happy to to assist you with that. Um, I offer some uh, virtual coaching programs. They're typically eight weeks. I have a, f- a couple of different kinds depending on what your intentions are. They're, but essentially, the goal is to look at what are your, your greatest opportunities for growth and expansion? Where is there opportunity to heal any lingering you know, shame or trauma? And, and, and what, what does that framework look like for you based on your your own needs, boundaries, and preferences, but essentially our, our, our whole, um, you know, the intention is to liberate yourself and, um, I'm happy to, to get on a call with you. I do do uh, a free kind of discovery call if you're interested in, in that. And I'm also going to be, um, in that call, I will suggest a framework that really fits your deepest desires, addresses your biggest challenges and, and capitalizes on your greatest potential for growth. And if we decide I'm, I'm not a good fit for you, that's totally fine. I'm also happy to suggest one of the other amazing, amazing coaches in my community. Um, and, and going off that, I'm also running a special right now. Um, it's currently February 17th. Um, I'm going to be having my rates about like 20 to 50% lower um, for the next like month about. So if you're hearing this, and you're interested in that, definitely mention this special that I'm running during our, our introductory call so I can share with you those prices depending on the um, the framework that we decide is best for you. Um, but yeah, I would I would love to be able to support you on that journey if it's something that, that you're interested in, in diving into more. Because we all deserve to to live our greatest life and you you are worthy of having those experiences. So to wrap up, I want to thank you again for joining me today. Thank you for opening yourself up to the idea of sacred sexuality. And if this podcast resonates with you, I'd love to hear in the reviews. It means the world to me to hear your perspective. And your reviews also help this podcast become more relevant in search results, which means that more people are able to benefit from the wisdom of spiritual intimacy. And if you'd like to take an even more proactive role in awakening the collective to sacred sexuality, I'd love it if you would screenshot this podcast and share it on your social media. And if you do so, please tag me so that I can thank you personally. 
with so much gratitude and love. Have a sexy and spiritual day, and I'll see you next time on Talk Tantra to Me. Ta-ta!